Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And I got to tell you, this could be a first here on the podcast. Normally, when we get a Case Schiller Home Price Index report, we're going to lead the show off with that. I mean, how do you not? It's the gold standard when it comes to home prices, but not today, not today, because we have to talk about new home sales falling in June. I mean, there's just so much data out on and this, this whole week. I mean, I'm going to keep talking about it. It's just, it's amazing. We got a lot happening today. A lot happened yesterday. A lot happening on Thursday. And of course, a lot happening on Friday. But we are going to talk, start new home sales. Fell 8.1% in June. And this was surprising because Now, I feel kind of stupid because, as you all know, on Sundays, I usually sort of prep for the week and I post on the website, marketsandmortgages.com. I put it on the blog that, you know, what everything that's happening that week and not only, you know, what's going to be happening that week, but what is expected, what economists are projecting is going to be happening. And I don't know where I, I just was out of it on Sunday, I guess, because I thought they were reporting that home sales were supposed to fall about 4%, but they were actually supposed to rise 2.8%. They thought that new home sales were going to be up 2.8% in June. And in fact, they fell 8.1%. That's a 10% swing. And if you were looking at my post on Sunday, you would have been very confused by that. So I apologize for putting incorrect data out there earlier this week. So correcting my mistake right now there. So new home sales fell under 600,000 for the first time since August 2017. So home sales have seen quite the dramatic fall, especially if you look at that charts. I put that up on Twitter and it was a big fall, no doubt about that. So new home sales, once again, down 8.1% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 590,000. Year over year, 17.4%. Down, obviously, 17.4%. But this is the number that is, I mean, amazing. And amazing, good, amazing, bad. It's amazing. However you want to define it. If it wasn't for the South, (laughs) this home sales port would have been um, terrifying. Just absolutely terrifying. And and here's what I mean by that. So new home sales were off 2%. They fell 2% month over month to a seasonally adjusted rate. A seasonally adjusted annual rate of 390 thousand. Now that is three times more. That is more than three times the next region. And when you look at the overall data, 590,000, that's what the entire country is looking at. The South is 390,000. That is 66.1% of activity. So 66% of new home sales that happened in the entire country happened in the South. That is insane. (laughs) Like 66%. That is insane. That means the other three regions 
are splitting the other 34%. Two-thirds, two-thirds of new home sales are happening in the South. Can you imagine like if the South didn't exist? I mean, I know it's like weird because then those people would be allocated other places, but that's just nuts. That shows you what's happening with migratory patterns across the United States. So the West was number two, even though they saw a massive 36% drop month over month, 36% month over month. They were at 112,000 annual rate. So like I said, less than a third of what is happening in the South. The Midwest saw a gigantic jump. So, I mean, the West and Midwest, polar opposites, 42% jump month over month. And yet they still came in third with an annual rate of 74,000. And the Northeast was a distant fourth thanks to a 5.2% drop. They are at 18,000. <laughs> there were 18,000 new home sales in the Northeast in June. That is 4.6% of the South volume. <laughs> Four point. <laughs> it's just, my gosh, you can see what is happening with regards to new construction. And also I should point out, this is also, I think one of, one of my favorite topics here on the podcast is of course, NIMBYs and, you know, NIMBYs are very powerful in the North and the West. And so to me, it's not all that surprising that you are seeing these massive drops or I just, I should say just lack of activity with regards to new home sales, because it is so hard to build new homes in the West and in the Northeast. So that plays a big part in all of this as well. But man, 66% of new home sales are happening in the South. It's funny, I was talking to some people at work today and you know things are slowing down here, everywhere. But I was like, man, can you imagine being like a mortgage broker, a loan officer in the Northeast? <laughs> 18,000 new home sales. That is just, that's, that is crazy. Uh, now, one thing that did surprise me in this report is that inventory levels did not see a big uptick. Uh, but because the pace slowed, uh, months of supply did increase somewhat substantially. So the seasonally adjusted estimate of new houses for sale at the end of June was 457,000. That was up from 444,000 in May. So, you know, kind of a jump, but I mean, 13,000, that's considering you saw sales drop 8.1% and you only see a 13,000 unit increase is kind of surprising. Uh, inventory levels though, were up to a supply of 9.3 months at the current sales rate, which is up from 7.7 months last month. I think it's like a 20% jump. So that was big, but I'm just kind of surprised, which this goes back to what we've been talking about here on the program, looking at that Altos data that of course that's week over week. So that's current data. This is from the end of June is that we're not going to see, I think, this big influx of inventory like a lot of the uh, crash bros are out there arguing. I think that you're, you're, you're going to see an increase, and we've seen it, but we're starting to see somewhat of a slowdown. Now, the wild card factor, and Altos has pointed this out, 
could be new construction and they're not sure how many homes are going to be completed because of supply chain issues and everything else. But it is kind of, I mean, that's very surprising. I mean, so sales drop 8.1%, but we only see 13,000 more units. That's kind of surprising. Uh, price wise, the median sales price of a new home sold in June fell 10.4% to $402,400. And the average sales price was about was down 10% as well, 10.7% to be exact, to $456,800. Now those prices are a little less important in the grand scheme of things because those are looking at you know new home sales and there's a lot of different categories that impact that. And we've seen a lot of fluctuations with the median and average uh, new home sale because it depends on what, what homes are being built and at what different price level and where they are. And, and so it's not as important as say the Case Schiller Index, which now we are going to get to the gold standard when it comes to home prices. And everyone wanted to know, were we gonna see two months of declines in growth, and we did. We got it. Home price growth fell under 20% for the first time since February, according to the latest Case Schiller reports. So looking at year over year, gotta catch my breath for this one. The S&P CoreLogic Case Schiller US National Home Price NSA Index reported a 19.7% annual gain that is down from the 20.6% that was reported in the previous month. The US National Index posted a 1.5% month over month increase, which was down from the 2.1% the previous month. And that was down, I believe, from the 2.6% in the month before that. So we are seeing a slowdown in month over month and year over year. And because economists don't do projections for the national home price index, they look at the 20 city composite index and that was expected to fall to 20.6% from the record high of 21.2% in April. It actually fell more than that. It fell to 20.5%. So not only are we seeing home price growth slow, it's slowing a little bit faster than economists had projected. Now, things aren't slowing down a lot in places like Tampa, which was the fastest growing city for the third consecutive month with 36.1% year-over-year gains in home prices. It's just, that's nuts. Uh, Miami was not far behind at 34%, which is also why when you're looking at rental markets, the biggest increases, yeah, Tampa, Miami, Florida, Texas, places like that. And speaking of Texas, Dallas fought its way into the third place spot with a gain year over year of 30.8%. And do you know what's missing? Phoenix. Phoenix, which was number one for almost three years straight. I mean, they led, I mean, it was, it was like 32%. I mean, I, I don't know if that was it for every report, but it was right around 30% and led for almost three years and now not in the top three. And that's why you're hearing reports about markets like that that were just so hot for so long. Maybe that's where you're gonna see a lot of the slowing, <laughs> if not a price pullback. So keep an eye 
on what is happening in Phoenix. Craig Lazara, managing director at the S&P Dow Jones Indices, said that even though price growth is slowing, we're still seeing double-digit growth, and it's broad-based. Saying, quote, we continue to observe very broad strength in the housing market as all 20 cities notch double-digit price increases for the 12 months ending in April. April's price increases ranked in the top quintile of historical experience for every city and in the top decile for 19 of them. So two months of slowing is not only something that was expected, but is welcome. I mean, we got to see these home prices slow down, if not pull back slightly to deal with these raising rates. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. I mean, a lot of people have been priced out. And the only way they're going to get back in is if we see some massive slowing in home prices and we see you know salaries rise to deal with the higher rates. I mean, sure, we might see some movement in rates. They might get pulled back, whatever it may be. But, you know, we're never going to get back to two and a half percent. That's just not that is not in the cards. And trust me, we don't want to. All right. If if, if all of a sudden rates are two and a half percent again, um, that's bad. That means the economy is is really bad. <laughs> if we have to do that again, that will not be a good thing. And speaking of the economy, before we go, we got to talk about consumer confidence because what's amazing, we didn't even get to the FHFA report. We, we didn't even have time. There was so much happening. <laughs> and we already talked to Kay Schiller, you know, FHFA. I like that report. It really breaks down the data, but it's not as good or as well-respected. I mean, it's good, but not as great as the Case Schiller. So with a truncated timetable, got to talk Case Schiller. So before we go, consumer confidence, that also fell more than expected. Are you catching a pattern here? Because there's one. It fell more than expected in July, according to the latest data from the conference board. The consumer confidence index fell 2.7 points to 95.7 in June, economists had projected a smaller drop to 97.2, and confidence is now down almost 30 points, 29.4 to be exact, from the same time one year ago. And this larger than expected drop was thanks to a 5.9 point decline in the present situation index to 141.3. Now, this index measures consumers' assessment of current business and labor market conditions. So people are starting to get worried about what is happening now because the expectations index is quite low, and it's been low for a while. In fact, it barely fell. It went from 65.8 in June to 65.3. That looks at sort of a short-term outlook for income, business, and labor market conditions. But that's important because Lynn Franco, Senior Director of Economic Indicators at the conference board, said that the expectations index is still showing recession concerns. Saying, quote, in a statement, the expectations index held relatively steady, but is well below a reading of 80, suggesting recession risks persist. Concerns about inflation, rising gas, and food prices continue to weigh on consumers. And I got to once again reiterate, because I saw this tweet before I was coming on the air, and it's this ongoing debate between Republicans and Democrats 
about whether or not we're in a recession. And it's only a debate that could happen in Washington That's because it's so removed from reality. Nobody cares if it's called a recession or not. What they care about is the actual economy. Can you pay your bills? Can you buy groceries? Can you make your car rent payments, whatever it may be? That's what you care about. And if someone, if you can't do those things and someone comes to you and says, well, you know, it's not really a recession. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> like you're not going to be like, oh, okay. Now I can pay my rent. I thought it was a recession. Here's this magic money that I have. It doesn't matter. And if you're someone that's not impacted hearing a recession, you're not going to, oh no, I need to change what I'm doing. No, it doesn't. No one cares. No one cares what it's called. It literally doesn't matter. And yet watching Republicans and Democrats fight about it like it matters, like we can call it a recession or we're not going to call it. It's it's the stupidest debate can only happen, can only happen in Washington. All right. So that's all that happened on Tuesday. We got a lot going on today. Of course, crazy busy week. The big the big report, all eyes are on the Federal Reserve. The Federal Open Market Committee is going to make their announcements on what they've decided with regards to a interest rate hike or hike to the federal funds rate. 75 bips, that's where we are. No, I haven't seen nothing about a possible full point increase. So we're looking at 75 bips. And then the press conference after the announcement will be interesting to watch to see if Jerome Powell gives any Heads up on what they think about moving forward with regards to rate hikes. Uh, Pending home sales data, that is expected to drop 1.5%. And then, of course, it is Wednesday, so we'll get our mortgage demand and rate data from the Mortgage Bankers Association. So, woo, that was our first busy day of the week. I think we got through it. I think we did pretty well. But strap yourself in because we got a lot happening this week, and we'll talk to you about it tomorrow for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. 